0: This is Real Estate News with Kathy Fetke. A new study reveals that by the end of this century, a rise in the sea level could cause much more damage along the California coast than wildfires or even earthquakes. So if you own property near the coast, you might want to be sure to sell it within 80 years from now. I'm Kathy Fetke, and this is Real Estate News for Investors. The study is the first to analyze the potential damage caused by a higher sea level combined with big weather events. It was done by scientists at the U.S. Geological Survey, who say that even a small amount of change in sea level could cause massive amounts of damage when a big storm hits. They're estimating that by the year 2100, about 600,000 Californians and $150 billion worth of real estate would be at risk of extensive flooding. That's three times the previous estimates that only took sea level rise into consideration. Patrick Bernard of the USGS says of the risk, it's not just some nuisance that's going to pop its head up once in a while. He says there are significant events that are going to recur and be 10 times the scale of the worst wildfires and earthquakes that we've experienced in modern California history. Weather events have already caused vast amounts of erosion that will only get worse with higher water levels and pounding rainfall. As reported by the Los Angeles Times, local governments have been dealing with erosion up and down the coast, like the destruction of a boardwalk along Capistrano Beach last winter, and the flooding of Imperial Beach when waves crashed over the seawall. The new study says that future events will only get worse as the sea level gets higher. Jack Ainsworth of the California Coastal Commission told the LA Times, This sort of science is absolutely critical to our planning. He says it may seem like a slow-moving disaster, but we see how the fires amped up really quickly and destroyed communities. We need to work with a sense of urgency. The study combined data on wave action, tides, erosion, and flooding along the coast, with a sea level increase from zero to six and a half feet. It also included four types of weather conditions, including the daily average, a typical once-in-a-year storm, a 20-year storm, and a 100-year storm. All those conditions were then integrated into a more in-depth look at the impact on people and property by including population data, property values, and other data from local, state, and federal agencies. Bernard says it's not just sea level rise that we need to consider when assessing the impacts of climate change but it's also the combination of sea-level rise with storms and everyday high tide we experience along the coast. In a worst-case scenario, scientists combined a 6-foot rise in sea level with a 100-year storm. They say that would put more than 600,000 people at risk, and that the risk represents a dollar value that's 6% of the California GDP and just 0.3% of the state's real estate. If you factor in population growth trends by 2100, The flood impact could affect more like 3 million people. And they say that some California policymakers believe we could see an even higher rise in the sea level to almost 10 feet. When they looked at a 6-foot rise in sea level combined with a typical annual storm, the damage was still massive. The analysis shows the storm would threaten 483,000 residents and property worth about $119 billion. That's less than the projected financial impact of a magnitude 7.8 earthquake along the southern San Andreas Fault, which is estimated at $200 billion. But it's also about the same as the $127 billion in damages caused by Hurricane Katrina. They also say the alarming scale of these impacts does not account for the ripple effects such extreme events have across economic sectors, such as those related to closures of ports, disruption of transport of goods and services business closures, and impairment of utilities. California does have a system of levees that offer some protection against high water events, but the scientists say the engineering integrity of most of these structures is poorly understood. That also goes for things like seawalls and berms and estuaries and along the coast. They say some will undoubtedly fail and expose more people and property to a risk that isn't covered by this analysis. They suggest the need for further evaluation of these flood protection structures. And they say that California coastal managers and engineers should make use of this information to address the growing risk from more typical storms. Bernard says, For those annual storms to expose $50 billion to more than $100 billion of property by the end of the century, that is just a massive number. The analysis was centered on highly developed coastal communities in both Southern California and the San Francisco Bay Area. 95% of the state's coastal population live in those two areas. Scientists say in their abstract that their results highlight the importance of including climate change-driven dynamic coastal processes and impacts in both short-term hazard mitigation and long-term adaptation planning. So the bottom line is, if you love living by the coast, you might want to consider being a renter and investing in real estate that's on dry land. Plus, investing elsewhere helps you diversify. We know that here in California, we're prone to earthquakes, fires, and now flooding. So instead of having one very, very expensive rental, why not sell that and exchange it for, say, 10 different little rentals across the country in different geographical areas? Well, that's what a lot of our members at Real Wealth Network are doing. I'm Kathy Fetke, and thank you for joining me here on Real Estate News for Investors. You can get links to the study in the blog for this podcast at newsforinvestors.com.